Welcome back to the Neuroscience Meets Social Emotional Learning podcast, episode number 125. On heart rate variability that I just heard as being the most important biomarker for tracking health, recovery, and resilience to optimize our results by Dr. David Robin on Neurohacker, the Collective Insights podcast with Heather Sanderson. My name is Andrea Samadhi. I'm a former educator who's been fascinated with understanding the science behind high-performance strategies in school, sports, and the workplace for the past 20 years. If you've been listening to our podcast for some time, you'll know that we've uncovered that if we want to improve our social and emotional skills and experience success in our work and personal lives, it all begins with an understanding of our brain. Our podcast took a turn towards the importance of health and well-being with the top five health staples and Alzheimer's prevention strategies last September with our episode 87, and we've put a serious focus on these health staples and their importance on cognitive performance ever since. I want to thank you for listening and for keeping us in the top 100 charts on iTunes in the U.S. for the how-to education category in Great Britain, Sweden, Mexico, Hong Kong, and many other countries. We appreciate everyone who supports the podcast, which helps us to continue to produce content that will help you to further increase productivity and results in school sports in the workplace. I'm always looking for ideas and strategies that we can use to optimize our lives, especially these days, a year after COVID shut down the world, changed the way many of us conduct business, run our schools, communities, and live our own personal lives. As the focus has taken a serious shift to health, with mental health and well-being in our schools and workplaces at the forefront, I want to share the most important strategies that I come across and make them actionable for everyone to implement. This brings us to this week's topic, understanding heart rate variability. What is heart rate variability and why is it considered the most important biomarker, which is a measure that captures what's going on in a cell at any given moment that can serve as an early warning system for your health? Unless you've been training with a forward-thinking coach, you're an elite athlete, or someone who's taken a serious interest in measuring their performance, most of us have not heard of or really understand what exactly heart rate variability means or why Dr. Robin, a board-certified psychiatrist and neuroscientist, would consider it to be the most important biomarker for tracking health. I started to hear about heart rate variability while interviewing and researching guests, starting with Dr. Daniel Stickler, who raised his arm in the interview and mentioned that he wore the WHOOP device that tracks his performance, and then again with Kelly Roman, the CEO and co-founder of Fisher-Wallace Laboratories, when we were talking about his wearable medical devices for anxiety, depression, stress management, and sleep that were shown to improve heart rate variability. I wrote down this term thinking it's got to be connected to heart rate somehow and had plans of looking it up to see exactly what it was so I could learn more about it. The problem was when researching this term, I seemed to come across very high level explanations. 
For those listening who are teachers, we know that when learning a new topic, it really does help to begin at the starting point and build from there. One morning, I came across a post on Instagram from Neurohacker Collective that caught my attention. I've shared the Instagram post in the show notes where they highlighted one of their recent podcasts that explained the importance of heart rate variability. I immediately sent an email to myself with a link to this podcast and listened to it and highly suggest this episode if you want to dive a bit deeper into understanding the importance of HRV. Heather Sanderson from Neurohacker Collective interviews Dr. David Robin on this episode where he explains that HRV shows each person's ability to bounce back from stress and why two people exposed to the exact same stressor might respond differently. One person has a complete meltdown and the other seems to bounce back easily and quickly. It's all explained with how our brains have been individually trained to recognize safety and threats, and also how we handle these threats. We did cover the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system in episode 59 with Suzanne Gunderson. That's a good review for ways to bring balance back to our brain and body, like breathing techniques. And Dr. Robin mentions on the Neural Collective podcast the importance of gratitude, being able to name what emotions you're feeling, to tame them as positive ways to respond to stimuli, which trains our brains to stay calm while under stress. But with HRV, it all begins with taking a closer look at our heartbeat. Our heartbeat is not regular like the ticking of a clock beating every second. A healthy heartbeat is irregular. This irregularity is desirable and an indicator of how ready the body is to adapt to stress. This stress could be bad like a fight with your boss or good like a promotion. When HRV is high, you can handle the incoming stress and when it's low, you're less adaptable and less able to handle the stress. HRV is a measure of our autonomic nervous system and the balance between our parasympathetic and sympathetic branches. The parasympathetic branches are rest and digest and correlates with a high HRV, and the sympathetic branches are fight and flight and correlates with a low HRV. Our HRV, or the distance measured between our heartbeats, tells you that your nervous system constantly changes the length of time between your heartbeats in response to your environment. When we're rested and alert, our HRV will show that we can respond well to how the world changes around us. When we have high levels of stress and are not managing the stress very well, it will show in our HRV score. So high HRV, you'll have improved performance, high adaptability, improved cognition because your body is highly responsive to your environment. With low HRV, you'll have that fight or flight, you'll be easily exhausted, low adaptability, decreased cognition because either your sympathetic or your parasympathetic system is inhibiting the other. The higher your HRV, the more variability you'll have between heartbeats, the more your nervous system is in tune with your environment and the better you'll perform. A lot of things affect your HRV with stress as the most common factor. I mentioned that it was Dr. Daniel Stickler on episode 96 who held up his arm during our interview to tell me that he measures everything with a WHOOP device. And that's a wrist-worn heart rate monitor that tracks health data, including your body's recovery, respiratory rate, and activities to help you to optimize your well-being. 
What better place to learn about HRV than with a company that was designed to help high performers, top performers do what they do? So I went to whoop.com and found their podcast to see how they explain HRV. You can tune into Whoop's podcast, episode number 29, with Kristen Holmes and Emily Capalupo that covers everything you'll want to know about HRV. So what impacts HRV levels? Whoop's HRV episode was interesting, reminding me that HRV is a signal that your nervous system is balanced and of the importance of finding our baseline HRV by measuring daily and then looking at the number to see trends over time. Emily Capitolupo explains that HRV is your nervous system manifesting in your heart, which made me think about how everything changed for Paul Zantarski when they added heart rate monitors to their zero-hour PE program. But what if they had added the understanding of HRV? They would have had a whole new level of understanding of their students and what they were capable of. This number is becoming more and more popular as a tool for athletes because the basic idea is that when HRV is high, an athlete is primed for optimal performance, but WHOOP discovered a phenomenon known as parasympathetic saturation where the body is peaking physically but also has a low HRV score. So with only using HRV as an indicator, the opportunity to push this athlete at this time would be lost. So HRV goes low when you're exercising at a high capacity and really pushing it and goes back up when you allow your body the rest and recovery needed for repair. Your HRV levels can show to be lower when you're tired and go higher when you get enough sleep. Activity level, stress, illness, hydration, alcohol consumption, nutrition, and how tired you are can all impact your HRV levels. The key is to fuel your body properly and understand that if you're going to put anything in it that we know is bad for us, like alcohol or processed foods, it will lower our HRV level. So why should we care? We don't have to be endurance athletes to want to improve our performance. But if you are, I hope you know of the importance of that razor's edge advantage that my mentor, Bob Proctor, would talk about all the time. He thought this concept was so important, he dedicated a whole chapter in his book, You Were Born Rich, to it. And you can access this book through his website, but it talks about the potential that we all have, but many of us don't use. He quotes, The line which separates winning from losing is as fine as a razor's edge. Knowing what our HRV levels are can help us to gain insight into our own performance in a whole new way as we learn to understand when we're operating at our peak levels and when we're operating at lower levels so that we can fix our own productivity with rest, sleep, hydration, or nutrition, the top five health staples that we've been talking about on this podcast the past few months. Whoop featured an episode that dives deep into a topic that I found so interesting. It was HRV levels and the COVID vaccine. And I was fascinated because many of us are starting to receive their vaccines around the world. Here in the U.S., most people in my age group have received their second vaccine. And those people who are in the Whoop community had an opportunity to add a metric to their daily log that allowed them to notice how HRV scores were impacted by the vaccine. 
They notice the results showed that 28.9% of members showed significantly depressed heart rate variability, defined as at least 20% below their 14-day baseline, which made sense to me when I put together that however you might feel after your vaccine, it's just your immune system being activated and a sign that the vaccine is working, what Emily explained on the podcast. So how can you use HRV in your life? Here are some simple steps that you can follow if you want to discover what your HRV measurement is so you can take this information and use it to make changes and improvements. Step one, you could download an app to help you measure HRV. I've only been measuring my HRV since April 17th and have been measuring through the WellTory app that measures HRV by placing your fingers over the camera on the back of your phone and it monitors your heart rate this way. They say this measurement is extremely close to using a chest strap and I looked at my data from the Apple Watch using the Breath app and it was very close and so much easier to measure when I was using the app. Step two, you can measure your HRV daily to find your own trends. HRV is a highly personalized individualized score. It's you competing against yourself and it wouldn't do you any good if you were to glance at the score of an elite athlete and compare your numbers to theirs and see who's higher. There are so many variables involved, but well worth you learning how to optimize your own daily performance. On the Welltory app, you receive a score of your productivity level, your energy, and your stress levels, and you can gain a deeper insight with the paid version of the app and learn how to upgrade or downgrade your performance. I'll add a screenshot of my data from the Welltory app just so you can see what it looks like, but it has not yet had enough days of input to find my baseline yet. Step three, take it to another level. It wasn't long after learning about HRV and measuring my own data with the Weltery app that I decided to become a member of the Whoop community and try out this device for a year. You can join for as little as $30 a month. And I've not spoken to anyone from Whoop yet other than contacting Kirsten Holmes, the VP of Performance Science through LinkedIn, just to see if she'd come on the podcast at a later date to help me to interpret my data that I find out. I was sold on learning more about this device months ago when a high performer like Dr. Stickler held up his arm and showed me how he monitors his daily activities. He mentions that he has seen people who were not sleeping well just fix that one parameter and all other areas of their life fell into balance. My whoop strap arrives tomorrow, which is the day after I plan to release this podcast. I'll plan on doing another episode with my results and hopefully we can get Kristen Holmes on to explain what I have discovered through the Whoop device. But until then, I hope that this gives you a starting point like it gave me to begin to measure your HRV for free with the Weltery app and discover what you find. This information could be helpful to motivate behavioral change and give you direct access to how you think and live and how your behavior affects your nervous system and bodily functions. My hopes are that with this understanding, it will help us to better manage the stress we face with a new angle of awareness. See you on Friday. 
If you're enjoying the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning podcast, please don't forget to subscribe so you'll stay up to date with our new episodes. While you're there, please feel free to give us a review or a five-star rating as it helps others find us. For more information on our programs, books, and tools for schools and the workplace, visit us at www.achieveit360.com. 